Welcome to the Song of Songs presented by Turning Tide Media. This is a podcast based on the biblical book, The Song of Solomon, otherwise known as The Song of Songs. This is your host, John, and in the last episode, we looked at chapter 1, verse number 2, which reads, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. And we considered the spiritual application, how that the Christian ought to be wanting to see the love of Christ more clearly in their life. I mean, to, to really understand the love of Christ for us. That is that is a chief goal of the Christian. And then we also considered how that the love of God ought to be something that we value more dearly in our life than anything else. Thy love is better than wine. We also made some marital applications along the way, and I think overall it was a profitable episode. Of course, there again, I'm a little bit biased, but if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. In today's episode, we're going to look at verse number three, which reads, Because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. This particular verse is very precious to me because it speaks about the name of the beloved. The very first phrase, which is two phrases in one, uh, but it says, Because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. So you have the reason given first, because of the savor of thy good ointments. And then you have the main clause, the main point that the bride is getting at. Thy name is as ointment poured forth. That's the main objective. That's the main point that we're trying to convey. And uh, it's important for us to understand that. And it'll get really important for us here in just a moment when we start making some spiritual applications about this. But we see the reason for this sweetness for this fondness which the bride had for the beloved it says because of the savor of thy good ointments and ointment represents of course it's oil um, it's perfumes and they were very costly back then and they're very costly today especially natural perfumes and natural oils things like that well she's saying because of the savor of thy good ointments the ointments that he has and that he lavishes upon her they're good ointments they're not cheap stuff it's not like the -the run-of-the-mill kind of thing but these are good ointments that he has. And it's a sweet smell. That's what the, the word savor kind of denotes. A lot of times this word savor in the Old Testament is used in, in direct connection with sacrifices and being a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of the Lord. And it's something that's acceptable. It's something that's pleasing uh, to the person who is smelling it. So she says, Because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. So there was a connection made between the sweet-smelling ointments that were being poured out and the name of the Beloved. And she began to associate uh, the name of the Beloved with these sweet-smelling, pleasant fragrances. And then she also connected these sweet-smelling fragrances. Every time she smelled something sweet like that, she would remember and think about the name of the Beloved. And so it worked both ways. So... The scripture here uses this, this expression, thy name is as ointment poured forth, and that's poured out. It's like tipping over a vessel and just pouring out every drop of it. And so you get the picture here that the name of the beloved, just the name of the beloved, the mention of him, the thought of him became overwhelming to the bride as if somebody was pouring out every drop of a vessel of a costly ointment. And so you see this powerful image that's given here. Now there's a spiritual application that's clear and evident to be had, but we're going to go ahead and try to elaborate on it and make an application here. There are many good ointments which the Lord 
is known by. You know, the scripture tells us in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And then he names some of these benefits. And so we might think of these benefits as some of the ointments which surround the name of Jesus. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. That's just what the psalmist said. We could go through and we could talk about all the or many, not all, because we could never exhaust all of the good benefits and good blessings and good ointments that the Lord pours out before us. Uh, but we could think about a few of those things. We can think about the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. We could think about the miracle that we have in the Word of God. We could think about uh, our our community in the sense of our Christian community, our churches, and uh, and those folks that are brothers and sisters in Christ who are encouragement to us and that challenge us when we need to be challenged and cry with us when we need to cry and, and that laugh with us when we're rejoicing. You know, we can thank Christ for all of these things because it's from him that all of these blessings flow. And so we can think about these good ointments and the blessings of the Lord. You know, we're we're approaching this time, this season of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is uh, is next week uh, at the time of, of this publication. And so think about, you know, all of the blessings of the Lord and just, just begin to name them and to think about them. But these blessings, as we think about them, they, they should increase our esteem of the name of Jesus. You know, there's, there's a song actually written, uh, inspired by this verse, Song of Solomon 1, verse, verse number 3. Um, there's a collection of hymns called Olney Hymns, O-L-N-E-Y. It's a collection of hymns mainly by John Newton, okay? okay amazing Grace is, is in this particular collection of songs. But it's also got some songs by William Cooper, who wrote, There is a Fountain Filled with Blood, which is also a part of Olney Hymns. Well, in this, there's a couple of different sections. And so they have hymns that are written based on scripture. They have hymns that are written based on different seasons of life. And uh, this particular hymn, uh, there is a particular hymn, rather, that is written based on Song of Solomon 1, verse number 3. And that song is, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds in a Believer's Ear. This is the, this is how that first phrase or that first verse goes. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. It makes the wounded spirit whole. This is verse two, and calms the troubled breast. Tis manna to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. Verse three, dear name, the rock on which I build my shield and hiding place, my never failing treasury filled with boundless stores of grace. By thee my prayers acceptance gain, although with sin defiled, Satan accuses me in vain, and I am owned a child. Jesus, my shepherd, husband, friend, my prophet, priest, and king, my Lord, my life, my way, my end, accept the praise I bring. Weak is the effort of my heart, and cold my warmest thought, but when I see thee as thou art, I'll praise thee as I ought. Till then I would thy love proclaim with every fleeting breath, and may the music of thy name refresh my soul in death. And it's beautiful, the, the way that that hymn is comprised and, and put together, it's beautiful from, you know, just a poetic kind of standpoint, but from a doctrinal standpoint, it's absolutely uh, filled with truth. The name of Jesus Christ should be the most precious thing that we can hear. 
You know, the scripture tells us in Philippians chapter number two that he has been given a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name of Jesus is as ointment poured forth because of the savor of his good ointments. You just think about how that he humbled himself and condescended himself to uh, come down here to earth. He forsook the riches and glories of heaven. He came here and he lived a, uh, a life that was filled with sorrow. The Bible tells us that he was a man uh, that was acquainted with griefs and he was a man of sorrows. He experienced what it was like to know pain. He knew frustration. He knew uh, the temptation. Uh, he was he was tempted in every uh, way such as we are, yet without sin. Um, he, he knew the heart heartache of betrayal and more than we could ever ever know. He, he did all of these things so that he could bear our iniquity upon himself on the cross of Jesus Christ. And you can't think about what Jesus has done without thinking about how sweet his name really and truly is. And may I go back to the point that I kind of alluded to earlier. The point to this phrase is not to tell us how great his ointments are, to tell us how great his blessings are. His blessings are great, and they are sweet to us. But if we only talk about the, the, the blessings, and we only talk about the street of gold and the pearly gates, and we only talk about eternal life in heaven, but we, we miss him, if we only talk about because of the savor of thy good ointments, and we miss thy name is as ointment poured forth, well, then we miss, missed everything. You, you can know all of the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ, but if you don't know him and don't honor him and don't desire him, I'm sorry. It, it, you just, you're missing it. You're missing the point. It's all about him. Not what he can do for us, but just who he is. So if we can try, let's try to make a marital application here to us who are married. There should be some distinct advantages and benefits between a husband and wife. Especially in regards to the husband's dealing with the wife, there should be, really, there should be special treatment. We considered in the very first episode of this particular podcast, uh, consider, concerning the identity of who the bride might have been, my personal conviction on that is, is that I, I believe that the, the bride here in Song of Solomon is Pharaoh's daughter. I've got many reasons for that. You can go listen to the 51-minute-long episode, uh, very first episode of this podcast, if you're interested in that. Um, but one of the reasons for that is because out of all the wives of Solomon, Pharaoh's daughter was given special treatment. I mean, she had a house built on to uh, Solomon's palace in Jerusalem. And then when the temple was built, Solomon moved all of his wives out of Jerusalem. But Pharaoh's daughter was given her own palace. He built another house for Pharaoh's daughter. So she had a house built for her in Jerusalem and then outside of Jerusalem as well in a different city. She received some special treatment from Solomon. Husband, give your wife some special treatment. I mean, treat her in a way that you don't treat anybody else. I mean, butter her up. Love on her. If, if Even if you don't know that she's having a bad day, she might just be having a good day and you don't know anything about it. But just, just go to the store, get her favorite candy, 
Alright? Get something for her. Do something for her. Write her a card or something like that. Just do something for her. You know, there have been times in, in, in my life where, you know, I just, I just wanted to show her I appreciated her. And I went to Walmart and my wife likes stuffed animals and things like that. She likes pets and anything that's cute, you know, or that's a kind of subjective, the, the a gauge of what's cute and what's not cute. But anyway, I'll go to the store and I'll get a stuffed animal and I'll get some of her favorite candy. And, you know, I'll, I'll just do something special for her every once in a while. Give her some special treatment. I don't do that for anybody else. You ought to talk to your wife in a way that you don't talk to anybody else. You ought to talk to her in a sweet way. You know, there should be some distinct benefits to being married to you. And wife, I believe this this applies to you as well. There should be some dis- distinct advantages to being married to you. You ought to, to treat your husband from time to time. You ought to treat him all the time, you know. We ought to be watching out for each other all the time and treating each other all the time. But... You see the point here, though. There should be a sweetness in the relationship that we have with our spouse. That there should be benefits to that. And that the greatest benefit is that I get to call my wife my wife. And she gets to call me hers. And we get to enjoy one another as we go along this journey called life. Well, moving on to the next phrase. Therefore do the virgins love thee. This phrase is rather simple, but at the same time, it's uh, it's got a lot to teach us. So this is telling us the reason why the ones that love him love him. Therefore, that's that's the point of that word. Therefore, do the virgins love thee? The virgins love thee because of the savor of thy good ointments. Thy name is this ointment poured forth, but. I really want to hone in on on what is implied by the word virgins here. The word virgins here implies purity, okay? That's just what the word means. Yes, I understand that, you know, if you just look it up in a concordance or something like that, what this word means, they might come up with a young damsel or something like that. But the word means one that is sexually pure. I mean, they have kept themselves. They are pure. Uh, They're consecrated. That's what this means. So, so this doesn't happen by accident, especially in our day to day. You know, it, it's it's just outright discouraging and heartbreaking to to know how many young people and how quickly young people become sexually active today. There's hardly any purity anymore, and if somebody retains their purity, that's not by accident. That's by consecration, by a determination, by saying, you know what, I'm going to keep myself. I'm going to keep myself pure for my husband, for my future husband, or for my future wife. There's self-control to be had there because there's plenty of opportunities um, to corrupt yourself. I mean, there there are, are so many ways in which a person can defile themselves, uh, not just talking about, you know, the physical act of sex outside of marriage, but also talking about uh, keeping your eyes pure, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, and your heart pure, and those kinds of things. So in order to be called rightly, to be called a virgin, you have to be pure, you have to be consecrated, you have to be disciplined, self-controlled. So... Uh, this is very important to us. Another thing that we can consider in this, the virgins love 
him. Okay, so it says, therefore, do the virgins love thee? They love him because of the savor of his good ointments and and all of that that we've already considered and, and talked about. But they desired the affection of the king. They they loved and sought loved and sought after him because he was honorable. You know, they they wanted the affection of the king. And so in order to obtain the affection of the king, they tried to keep themselves pure. They didn't live a corrupted lifestyle because they wanted to maintain uh, respect in the eyes of the one that they adored and that they loved. So let's make a spiritual application real quick, okay? Uh, believers are likened to virgins in Jesus' teaching. Uh, Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13 tells about the parable of the ten virgins and waiting and watching, being prepared for the second coming of Christ. Um, we're called to be pure in heart. Uh, that's found in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter number 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Uh, and we are called to be temperate, that is self-controlled in all things. These are all all aspects of that character that we've already talked about, that it's required of, of somebody to rightly be called a virgin for them to be pure and consecrated and self-controlled. These are things that we're called to be and to do. So, uh, even though we've we've sinned, obviously none of us can be called pure in that sense because we have all sinned but once we have entered into a relationship with the Lord through Jesus Christ with God the Father through Jesus Christ once we've entered into the knowledge of salvation we're called upon and commanded to watch over ourselves and to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we have been called we are called upon to be holy and to be pure before the Lord and obviously we need him to do that, um, the scripture tells us there again in, in Philippians chapter number two, a few verses after what we read just a moment ago, um, that we ought to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And, you know, we, we consider that and how in the world am I going to do that, um, you know, to, to work out my salvation? I'm, I'm incredibly weak and incredibly foolish. And uh, as the, the hymn writer said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. But the next verse says, For it is God that worketh in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, he is the one who is going to enable us to be able to live the lifestyle that he's called us to live. He's called us to be holy, but he'll help us be holy if we look to him and if we trust him and if we walk in the spirit. So even though we have sinned and even though we are not pure in that sense, the blood of Jesus Christ makes us pure. And once we have entered into a pure relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are commanded to keep ourselves pure. So that's the spiritual application. Now for a marital application, true love inspires devotion and purity. I mean, true love inspires devotion. You're going to be committed to that person and purity. You're going to keep yourself. <clears throat> this should be seen in the way that we deal with our spouse. We should keep our 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 bodies uh, for the use only of that one that we love. Uh, we should refrain from giving our our eyes to another. We should refrain from giving our thoughts or our heart to anyone that's other than our beloved. So Jesus teaches this, Matthew six verse twenty eight. He says, "But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart." Um, Job puts it this way in Job 31. I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? I mean, he wanted to keep his his 
heart pure, his mind pure, and his eyes pure. He made a covenant with his eyes. And so we ought to consider this in our relationships with our spouses that that we ought to be committed. I mean, really committed. We need to take to heart that uh, dedication, that resolve uh, that the psalmist says, I, I've, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Jeremiah says, mine eye affecteth mine heart because of the daughters of my, uh, of my city. Um, what he saw affected his heart. And, and really, if we're going to have purity, it's going to have to start with our eyes. Jesus tells us that the light of the body is, is the eyes. And so let's be careful about that. Let's only give our, our eyes, our thoughts, our heart, our bodies only to, to the one that we are committed to, only to the one that we've entered into a covenant relationship with. So may the Lord help us uh, to apply these things and to be better Christians and to be better husbands or to be better wives uh, for you ladies that are are listening. Uh, may the Lord help us to think on the name of Jesus Christ as we continue on through this study and consider that his name is sweeter than any other name that is out there. Uh, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, his name is above every name and uh, we ought to consider it and we ought to cherish the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, next week we're going to consider chapter number one, verse number four. And I say next week because this is probably going to take up both episodes for next week. The scripture says, draw me, we will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. Well, until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you in his love, and uh, may we desire to know his love more clearly and to cherish it more dearly and to live out his love in our day-to-day lives as we interact with our uh, co-workers, as we interact with our family, as we interact with our church family. Uh, May the love of Christ be seen in all that we do. And may the Lord Jesus Christ be praised.